Welcome to the Migraine Miracle Moment. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Turknett. I'm a neurologist, migraine specialist, migraine sufferer, and author of the book, The Migraine Miracle. In this podcast, you'll learn all about how to find your path to migraine freedom without pills. Let's get started. Howdy, folks. So today, I am delighted to be able to share another Migraine Miracle success story with you. This one from another one of our beloved Migraine Everland members and Beast Slayer Training Academy graduates, Ann Lawler. As you'll soon hear, hers is a story that I know many of you will be able to relate to, one of ever-escalating migraines, uh, ever-escalating amounts of medications, and uh, then a transition to going all-in on the Migraine Miracle Plan. Uh, taking massive action and turning things around in dramatic fashion. In the last two episodes of the podcast, I focused on the starve and sink strategy for ending a migraine. And you'll hear in the interview that this has been a key tool for Anne in her own transformation. And of course, you can find those two episodes and all prior episodes of The Miracle Moment on the website at mymigrainemiracle.com forward slash moment. Before we get to that interview, I have a few little bits of housekeeping. So we're currently in the midst of our first ever sleep challenge and having a lot of fun with that. And our next challenge, which will launch in mid-May, is our Keto Blast Challenge, the ever-popular Keto Blast, which for those of you who don't know, is our uh, 30-day challenge for those who have decided to dip their toe into nutritional ketosis and see what it's all about or for those who've done it before and want the guidance and support uh, to do it again. As you'll hear, Anne uh, was also a prior participant in our Keto Blast uh, challenge, and that was uh, one of many tools she implemented uh, to get to where she is today. And of course, uh, becoming a member of Migrant Everland grants you access to all of these things, the Beast Slayer Training Academy, all of our challenges, as well as our group uh, weekly group coaching sessions, Primal Provisions, our weekly meal planning service, uh, plus, to, plus a host of many other resources. And you can learn all about it and sign up so you can be part of the next Keto Blast Challenge and hop on board with our current sleep challenge by going to uh, mymigraymiracle.com and just click, clicking on the Resources tab at the top. You can also specifically learn more about the Keto Blast Challenge if you go to mymigraymiracle.com forward slash Keto Blast, K-E-T-O-B-L-A-S-T. And lastly, I'd like to read the most recent iTunes review for the podcast. This one comes from Jana L. and says, uh, is titled, This Really Works? Exclamation point. And then she says, After many years of dealing with migraines, I'm finally able to get off the meds. I still get migraines, but now I am in control of them rather than the other way around. Thank you, Dr. T. Well, thank you, Jana, for taking the time to uh, go to iTunes and leave that rating and review. Um, it really means a lot to me, and it really does help spread this message to others. So now you can kind of pay it forward by doing that. So uh, if you're out there and you enjoy this podcast, it'd be awesome if you do likewise, and I will read your review on the podcast. And if you want to uh, take a screenshot of your review and email it to me at Dr. T at MyMigraineMiracle.com, you will be entered into a drawing for a signed copy of the book and one of our uh, Beast Slayer t-shirts. All right, so now it is time for my interview with Anne, and stay tuned after the interview as I'll share some final thoughts with you. <music> 
So today I am very excited to have Ann Lawler on the podcast. Hello, Ann. Hi, how are you? Good. So Ann is part of our Migrant Everland family and has been an active, positive, and helpful contributor to our community, which we really appreciate, and is also a certified graduate of the Beastlayer Training Academy. She's also someone with, I think, a medical background, which can sometimes present a unique set of obstacles, and so I'm always particularly pleased when someone with that background goes down this path for a number of reasons. And if you don't mind just telling us a little bit about yourself as we get started. Sure. I live in Idaho, and I actually am the director for the state medical board. It's a board of 10 people, so I actually have 10 bosses. So you can imagine sometimes <laughs> the stress that that involves. Mm -hmm. um, and being a regulatory job, you know, I have to make sure we're following all the rules. We license about 10,000 people. And right now we're in the legislative session, so that's always exciting as well with uh, lots of hearings and ups and downs. And um, so it's good to be mindful during that time. <laughs> right. I, I bet. Yeah, that certainly has its own unique stresses. So does that mean you're the medical board? Is that licensing for all healthcare providers of all types or? We have the doctors and the physician, the, so the physicians, physician assistants. We have some allied health professionals, athletic trainers, respiratory therapists, and dietitians. But then the nurses and the pharmacists and the dentists are on separate boards. Gotcha. And you have a nursing background, is that right? I do. Yeah, I actually, well, I started as a lawyer out of college, but then oh, wow. in, my, in my 40s, I went back to school and got my uh, degree, my BSN, and so I am an RN. So I have to ask what led to that change? That's a fairly significant turnaround. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> actually, I think as a child, I thought I'd always go into medicine. I was that kid watching all those medical shows when uh -huh. I was a kid. But when I got to college, I sort of didn't go down that path after all and, um, you know, went to law school instead. But then I think I always missed that and felt like it was just one of those things I enjoy reading about, enjoy researching. And so after various careers, raising kids, et cetera, I just decided to go ahead and go back to school. And um, I kind of thought in my 40s, maybe medical school might be a bit much and a bit long. Yes, <laughs> so, I think you made a good call. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. It's been great. It's been a good mix of my, the current job I have is a perfect mix of my two uh, Right. There, so, I can yeah. see that. Yeah, that's really cool. So you've carved out something very unique for yourself. Obviously, you're here because you have a story with the beast. So um, do you remember, you probably do, when your, when your story began or when your migraines first started? I do. I actually, I think I was about five. I wow. had started ballet classes weekly. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it was the stress of the class or maybe because I was eating a lot of carbs before I went to class, but I ended up getting headaches almost every week after class. And I didn't know there were migraines at the time. I actually wasn't diagnosed with migraines till I was in my late 30s. Looking back, I realized that I did have migraines. They weren't awful as a child. It happened just periodic like that. In my 20s, well, let's just say I, I found out that alcohol is not my friend. And yeah. so college happened and uh, I had a lot of migraines in college. And then in my 20s, not so bad during my 20s and early 30s, mostly just there's always the stress plus lack of sleep combo that always got me. Mm -hmm. um, but then in my late 30s, I think when I started maybe, I don't know, hormones changing, things like that, I, it just started getting worse through my late 30s and through my 40s. And I'm 55 now. And in my 50s, it's definitely been the worst. And I, I don't know. I think it's a combination of having this, this job is, can be stressful at times. And mm -hmm. I've been doing this for almost four years. Plus, also, probably my hormones are in the process of changing, so I have a feeling there's something going on there as well. So over the years, you mentioned that you felt like like stress, sleep deprivation were maybe your, the primary things for you? I would say, yeah, definitely that's been the case. Did you have other foods or things like that that you'd recognized as an issue or, or not so much? 
not until probably the last 10 years. And then I've realized certain things, certain cheeses really get me. Mm -hmm. Red wine is a no-go. And more recently, even, I realized that MSG is just awful. Yeah. And so I really try to avoid all those things. So. Yeah, it's pretty rough. At what age did you start getting any kind of like formal treatment for them? I started, I think, probably about 2001. So I was in my late 30s. And I went to the doctor and she prescribed Imitrex, so a tryptan, and started me just on 25 milligrams. And at the time, I thought that was magical because yeah. I, I mean, I heard your story and I, I think it's kind of similar. I, I took this and 30 minutes later, I felt much better. Yep. So that was great for a while. And then as I went along, after a while, the 25 milligrams didn't really work or the migraine would just come back after four hours. Mm -hmm. um, so I was put up to, you know, 50 milligrams, then 75, then 100. And then probably in the last five or six years, I changed to different formulations that were longer lasting. So I went to Rizotriptan, then I went to Frovitriptan, you know, I was told take it whenever first sign of migraine, that whole mm -hmm. thing. And then two years ago, I went to see a neurologist here in town mm -hmm. and he's been great. You know, we talked through some options and I can't do um, beta blockers because mm -hmm. my blood pressure is naturally quite low. So we knew that mm -hmm. that probably wasn't going to work. I had tried amitriptyline maybe three years ago and I didn't feel like that did anything for me. So I had stopped that. And so then he tried me on topiramate or topamax. I did that for a year. And as, as I, I tend to chart all my migraines just to, so I can keep track and know well, I was trying to track my triggers at the time. Right. And so I noticed after looking at that year that the Topamax didn't change the number of migraines I was having, but I did have that lovely side effect of not being able to find my words. <laughs> so, <laughs> fortunately, our staff here is all pretty medical oriented, so they were very, you know, sympathetic about it and right. very understanding when I would sit there searching for a word. But anyway, so I, I dropped that Topamax last, I think, March is when I decided to quit that. And then we also did Botox. And I, mm -hmm. I did, I started Botox, I think a year and a half ago. And I stopped doing that last summer. Gotcha. Because again, you... I didn't feel like it made a difference. Do you remember how much of the Topamax you were taking? I went from somewhere from 100. And I think I went up to 200 for a while. And no difference. And just, I had to deal with all the side effects of the, uh, you know, numbness and tingling in my fingers and toes. And right. I was starting to lose my hair which was disturbing. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, yeah. So then I, I kind of, then he brought me back down to a hundred. And then, like I said, after a couple months of that, we figured out that really it wasn't making a difference. And he said, you know, if it's not doing anything, then let's not do it anymore. Yeah. I think a lot of people can probably relate to that story. You mentioned, I think, Imitrex, you were started in your thirties. Had you, um, before that, were you taking anything like over-the-counter medications or? Yeah, over-the-counter. I mean, as uh -huh. a kid, I remember my mom used to give me a little baby aspirin, right. you know, and then I would just lie down in the dark for a while and I'd feel much better. As I got older, you know, pretty much aspirin and then Tylenol kind of became a big thing. And then ibuprofen, when that became more popular and, and was over the counter, then I started taking ibuprofen. Sometimes I'd even do a mix of one aspirin, one ibuprofen. Mm -hmm. That worked for my husband. He's had migraines on occasion, not as much as I have, but that worked for him. Those are kind of the, the over the counter things that I did. And I have done those kind of along the way until I got onto this plan. Gotcha. Um, I was still doing that kind of in between to sort of hopefully not take so much of the prescription meds. Right. But still taking them on occasion. And what would you say kind of at the at the worst of things, how often would you would you be taking something like a Imitrex or whatever it was? At the most, I was getting to where I took probably 18 to 20 a month. Mm -hmm. And I was having, you know, that many migraines pretty much. 
but you know, anywhere from I get my nine pills a month, but then they also put me on injections. That's I forgot to mention that part. Gotcha. Uh -huh. um, because the if I had any food in my stomach, the pills wouldn't work, and right. so then the neurologist said, "Well, here to get these injections." So between the injections and the pills, I was getting eighteen things per month to take, and I was pretty much taking them all. I listened to Lori Law's story recently, and you know, Barry could relate to the whole packing, <laughs> making sure I have pills in like every in my wallet and a bottle in my purse, and I. Yeah you know, injections in my desk and in my purse and in my car and, and no traveling, I would make sure that my suitcase had room for the injection boxes. So, so that if yeah. they look through my luggage, they'd know what it was, you know, that whole thing. And then if you ever have the moment of panic when you travel and you realize you've forgotten it. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. So many people can relate to all that. Just out of curiosity, anywhere along the lines, were you, did you have any awareness about the phenomenon of rebound headaches or had that been mentioned to you at all? It had been mentioned to me in light of what was happening to me is that I would have a migraine, say, on Monday, and mm -hmm. I'd take the Imitrex, and it would feel better till Tuesday, and then I'd either wake up with the headache or get it shortly into the day. Right. I wake up with what I call the hangover or the headache hangover, mm -hmm. where you just feel foggy and kind of blah. Yeah, wiped out. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then frequently, I'd get a headache coming back on Tuesday, and then mm -hmm. I'd take the meds again, and then that would happen. Usually, i pretty much was pretty typically having three to four in a row. So mm -hmm. I would always have these kind of clusters of days of headaches. So the doctor did tell me, oh, well, that's a rebound effect. But the advice was, well, just keep sticking with it. Right, right. It's like, what other options are there, right? That was kind of- Pretty much. Kind of, yeah, that, I mean, I, I, I was there for a long time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at what point or how did you find, how did you enter the Migrant Miracle universe? Well, so I had probably, uh, let's see, Two years ago or so, I started researching online more things about migraine, educating myself. I tend to like to research things. Mm -hmm. um, and I came across your website. And so over that next year, I sort of was looking at your website, trying to figure it all out, and, and then other websites too. And just at that point, trying to figure out, well, what are my triggers? And trying mm -hmm. to read all, any advice I could find on, on what to do to get out of pain and to have normal days. Mm -hmm. And I had subscribed to your emails Mm -hmm. So I was getting your emails periodically and I looked at those and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. And then finally I just, I got an email that was one of those days, I think I'd just done a four day stint of migraines and I'm like, you know, this is ridiculous. And the email I got that day was great. It was, it was a list of all the questions that you have answered in the chatter, which is the chat uh, group have yeah. that I love participating in. Yeah. And I looked at that list and I was like, I want the answers to like every one of those questions. <laughs> <laughs> so I just sat, I was on my laptop in the kitchen and I just sat there and I just said, I'm joining Migrant Never Island. That's right great. Now because I just want the answers to those questions and I want the support. Good, yeah, it's always interesting to see. And I think this is, seems to be a common theme. It's like people, it's like some awareness for a while, but then like just like reach some critical point, just like, all right, that's it, you know? Yep, so <laughs> thank it. you for sending that email that day. <laughs> Sure, yes, that's good. To, that's so good to know too, like what, what helps. It's, uh, it's yeah. really, it's always fun to hear the other side of things because, you know, we're we out here sending things out, hoping they resonate, but, you know, you never always get, all the feedback and so it's neat to know you know what actually was the trigger that got you started mm -hmm. and so um was that maybe sometime early last year it was in april okay 
Yep. And so kind of take us through then what happened next. Well, so that was about the time I was talking with my neurologist about the fact that the Topamax wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, and then I started listening to your podcasts and all that. And I thought I heard some of the interviews you'd had with people who said that they just went all in mm-hmm. and that the sense was that when you go all in, you, you do better. So mm-hmm. I just said, you know, I'm just going to go all in. So I stopped taking everything. I mean, I'd already been tapering the Topamax, so it wasn't hard to finish that taper. Right. I did keep the Botox on until July, mm-hmm. just thinking, well, if I'm trying to get through rebound, maybe the Botox might might be helpful. I don't know. I'm not mm-hmm. sure it was. And so I did go all in and take away all of the meds. And I had already been doing, I'd been eating paleo for a couple of years because okay. I'd had other health things that I... I I just, I've been a sugar fiend my whole life. Uh Um, And I think my body was just saying, you know what, sugar is not good for you. So I had already pretty much cut out sugar, but I hadn't done the whole migraine miracle food plan. Right. And so I, I really got more on board with that. Definitely. So since April, I did have one, I took one trip down in June. I was having one of those multi-day migraines and I was fasting and I was exercising probably every 12 hours and I couldn't shake it and I was about to leave on a business trip. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know, I'm going on this trip and I need to be functional. So I did take a Frova triptan that day in June, but that's the last thing I have taken. So that's felt great. And I mean, it, it was rough and I know a lot of people say that. And I think I really appreciated this community to be able to see that other people have gotten through it. Right. And so that encouraged me. And I kept telling myself, if I take another one, it's just going to take longer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so every time I would be in the midst of a migraine and fasting and, and drinking my salted water and doing all those things, I would just encourage myself by saying, you know what, I've heard these other people say they can, they did it and I can do it too. So I just stuck with it. Yeah, that's great. That's a big reason why we do this because it's like, it is really hard. If you're not fairly certain, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Like it's a right. hard, it's a hard road to go, but man, it can, it's so worth it. if You can make it to the other side. So uh, clearly then like that was, so the minds, you know, just having that, having that, uh, those role models was helpful. And it sounds like you are also deploying some of the drug-free strategies that we've talked about. Anything yes. you found in that regard that was particularly helpful for you? So for me, I've tried like the peppermint oil and some of those things, and those didn't really do much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, really, the best thing is the pink Himalayan salted water, the first mm-hmm. sign of a migraine coming, which for me, I start yawning, I get pressure behind my eyes and on my forehead. And so I just do the water and stop eating. And believe me, along the way, and since last April, there had been times when I was like, oh, I can eat a little bit. I'll be okay. <laughs> and now I've learned, nope, just don't eat. Amazing, and, right? Yep. Yes, it is. So for me, really, I'd say fasting, the whole sink and starve thing, the fasting and the exercise really works the best. And of that, even I would say the fasting is by far the best. You know, I've gotten to where now I can fast for a couple of days and it doesn't even bother me. I don't get hungry. I think because my metabolism is at a steady place, my mm-hmm. hypothalamus is happy mm-hmm. and um, it's not a problem. I, I, if you told me that years ago, a couple, just even two years ago, oh, you could fast for four days. I'm like, nah, I right. do that because I was the one who always thought, oh no, I'm going to get a hunger headache. So I need to eat something real quick. And I'd grab a granola bar or some cereal or some crackers. And of course, now I know, especially after that great podcast you did on that topic, that is the opposite of what I should. Yeah, right. Uh, It's so (laughs) counterintuitive. Yes. Yeah, I think it may be good to think about like, in the midst of a migraine, what what you uh, may be driven to do 
maybe the beast, you know, driving your behavior rather than, you know, you, you uh, what's actually best for getting rid of him, you know, he's, right, he's in the, right. he's in the driver's seat. So yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, I know it is hard to tell yourself, Oh, I have a migraine. I'm in pain and I'm nauseous and I feel crappy, but I'm going to go jogging. Exercise. But I'll tell you what, I almost now when I get a migraine, I almost crave to go out and exercise. Absolutely. Yep. Cause I know it's going to help. Yeah, that's exactly like when I was, I talked about a couple of years ago and I was doing those experiments with the starving sink and I just couldn't believe like how it was working. And then, and, and I would just like, first thing, I couldn't wait to get outside and go running and it would just magically improve over time. Yeah. Uh, I never would have believed it before. You know, I had the same exact ideas for so many years about hunger headaches and would do the exact wrong thing every time. And then in retrospect, blame it on the hunger rather than the thing that I ate, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like food wise, you were, you wasn't too far what you were doing before Migraine Miracle and afterwards. What sorts of changes have you made before and after? After doing the Beastlayer Academy last May, then in June, you had the Keto Blast. Mm-hmm. And so I joined that and did that. And I even got one of those little keto glucose monitor things because I'm just, I like data. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. so I needed to track all right. that. And I, and I especially in doing some more research, realizing that, you know, if, if you keep your blood sugar low and you're building ketones, then you are possibly reducing the threat of cancer in the future. And that runs in my family. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why I wanted to track both the the blood glucose level and the ketone level. So I did the ketogenic diet starting in June. And I would say for the most part, I have stayed, I mean, I haven't tested myself every day, but I'd Mm -hmm. say for the most part, I eat a ketogenic diet every day. And when I do randomly test, I pretty much am in ketosis of some level or not, you know, after fasting, I'm in a very much large level of ketosis, but but, uh, I would say day to day, I'm in some form of it at some point. Have you been able to link kind of whether you're in ketosis or not or how, how deep it is to kind of how you feel overall? I think so. I definitely have found that I'm much more clear-headed mm-hmm. um, and I can tell when my energy is constant throughout the day. And that's just been so great because I, you know, being that sugar carb lover, I was used to that sort of afternoon dive in energy and would always have that sort of 2 to 4 p.m. slump. Mm-hmm. I don't have that at all now. My, yeah. my energy is constant all day. I'm much more clear-headed for my work and just for my life in general, and I just feel better. I feel yeah. much more healthy. That just even stability in your energy levels and mood and every, so many different things like that. That was, for me, that was the first thing that happened years ago, and I was just elated about all that. And then I realized a few weeks later, wait a second, I haven't had a migraine, you know? And I was like, you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, but the, the, yeah, you had the, just the energy level change, mm-hmm. change is, a, is a complete game changer. Yes. I think that, and then also just, I, you know, the recipes you guys put out that Jenny does are so great. And it's really encouraged me to really focus on eating whole foods. Mm-hmm. And I really doubled down on that this last month. I was generally pretty good through the holidays, but I was doing some things like, I have to say, I do make a, just a mean keto cheesecake uh-huh. with stevia, but I also know that that's not recommended to use artificial sweeteners. And I had done some other things over the holidays. We entertained a little and, and I found things like almond flour crackers and, and sort of, you know, things that imitate what right. we've eaten in the old diet. And so I ate a little more of that over the holidays. And I was greeted with a pretty bad visit from the beast on 
starting on, well, actually starting right before midnight on New Year's Eve. And it lasted from that Monday night until Friday morning, which is how I know I can fast four days. Um, but I also said to myself, you know what, I really need to just get really serious about you know, staying on the, the superfoods list. Uh-huh. So for this month, I've sort of been doing, I guess you could call it a whole 30 plus a little bit of dairy. And that's been magical. I actually have now gone 17 days without a migraine. And that's, I think, the longest I've ever gone. So generally, I'd had them down once getting into the ketogenic diet Mm -hmm. in June. I'd got them from the 15 to 17 a month down to about three per month, which Mm -hmm. is fabulous. Right. That's been marvelous. But of course, you know, now I've been out of rebound since, well, I'm I'm not out of rebound, but I'd say I've been moving out of it since June. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is taking, I mean, I'm still working on that, I think. I think my body's just still, I was on, you know, stuff since 2001, meds. And I think uh, my body's just still purging all that you know, now I really want to get to where I just don't have any migraines. And it's totally worth it to me to eat the right foods. And I feel so much better when I do. Right. And so I guess that's kind of my new story, which is I'm just going to eat for me for good health and to take care of me and and what works. Going back to the eating the substitute foods or or the stuff that kind of looks like what we no longer eat. I think everybody follow that progression where we dabble in that and then learn a lesson and then move on and there's so many little like moments of those little uh, lessons we learn along the way that that I think are almost almost maybe a necessary part of the process because now you're like okay been there done that and I know what happens you know, yeah rather than saying well is it really bad <laughs> well and I'm, I'm trying to learn too that when I do those things like maybe try something new at a restaurant if I'm out or something and then I end up maybe I've had a few migraines on occasion from travel or whatever, you know, learn those lessons, but don't beat myself up over them. So I don't, I don't think of them as cheats because I feel like that's a beating up myself word. So I just say, you know what, I varied from the plan a little, or I took a chance and and it's just more data collection and I'm just learning from the experience and moving on. Exactly. It's feedback, right? And, Mm -hmm. uh, And it's helpful one way or the other. I agree totally. I don't like the term cheat either. I wish there was something better. It implies you're doing something wrong. Right. Um, but it's, it's just like, and it, I'm intentionally varying from the plan. And, I, you know, yeah, and I, yeah. I'm willing to face the consequences if I have to. Yeah. But I'll tell you this month staying right on the plan, it's, that's working really well. So yeah. I'm going to stick with that. Yeah. I mean, it, we in certainly like as a foundation to kind of, once you know too, like, okay, I have a home base, you know, whole foods, cooking at home, sticking to the foods that I know are best for me. Just knowing that that's always there is such a huge shift in mindset and psychologically just so helpful. Right. And the other thing I do a lot regarding food and actually my whole lifestyle is I, I really, in your, in your Beastlayer Academy, you talked about the Groundhog Day strategy. Yes. That's been magical for me too. I, it maybe means I don't eat as varied a diet. I mean, I do eat a variety of things, but I tend to go with what works for me. So I have sort of a routine and the routine works really well. So I just try to stick with the routine as much as I can. That's fantastic. I'm so glad to hear you say that because I I love that strategy too. Do you want to just tell, well, for those who may not be familiar with with the idea of what the Groundhog Day strategy is? It was like the movie Groundhog Day where, you know, the day repeats over and over and over again. And so the idea is you take a day that really works for you where you didn't get a migraine and you repeat that versus trying to find all the possible triggers that could have caused a migraine. I loved your analogy of trying to find your friend's house and you have like 500 ways of getting there and you're just going to try each way every day. And you've already had one successful drive to the friend's house. It's like, right. well, just stay on that road. <laughs> so I just stay on the road of knowing what works for me. And so, you know, I get up in the morning and I, I go jogging and walking with my dog. So I get outside and then I don't really eat until 
like 11 or 12. And usually I start with eggs because I know that you said after starve and sink, that's often the best thing once the pain mm -hmm. goes away to start with eggs. So I just do that every day. I eat a couple of eggs. Nice. And then in the afternoon, I'll have, you know, a big salad and then I'll have some dinner later in the afternoon. And then I pretty much eat between 12 and six. Yeah. So you have about a six hour window. Probably six, sometimes seven or eight. It depends mm -hmm. on how my day is going. But yeah, that's generally what I do. Yeah, excellent. One of the things that the, the idea that we, you just mentioned about the Groundhog Day, it's like migraineurs like, are just set up with the, the old way of thinking just from the start, kind of this negative view of, of the world is so having, you know, filled with all these minefields, whether it's food or, or other stuff, and just, just shifting from, you know, saying, let me identify everything in the world that hurts me to just saying identifying everything in the world that helps me. It probably says something deep about our our fundamental psychology that like that's just the default mode of doing it, and it's kind of the the route everybody takes. The groundhog strategy works day to day, great, and then you have to deal with the times when you know you're not in that routine. And and I I do travel sure. on occasion for work, and we're going to Europe in May, so you know I'm going to have to sort of think about how to do that you know strategy. And I and I do the best I can when I'm traveling. I'll do the same thing: get up, get some exercise start with some eggs and sausage or bacon or something like that so to make sure I'm right. not starting with carbs and that tends to work and then I have some go-to's I when I'm at restaurants I, I'll tend to get burgers mm -hmm. but with no bun and I'll just get all sorts of vegetables with it and that just seems to be pretty safe for me I, that might not work for everybody but and I know it's not maybe ideal it doesn't always have the best oils and things but I'll do a salad and a burger and that, yeah, that pretty much works. That's a definitely a, a safe go-to. That's one of I'll, I'll always look if there's a burger on the menu, because I know that's you know that's going to be a safe bet at least. Uh -huh. um, it occurs to me too that you could do the exact the Groundhog Day strategy for travel. So just you may be already doing this if if you're a data-oriented person, but it's kind of cataloging the things that work best on your travel days, and then as time goes by, just replicating those particular habits and behaviors for that those times. Yep, I'll keep collecting data on those, on those yeah. trips. <laughs> <laughs> so have you changed uh, your data collection procedures from what they were several years ago to what they are now? Well, I use an app, if, okay. if that's what you mean. I, yeah, I have an app that just, and I can put in uh, all the data about any migraine that I do get and sort of how it came about and how long it lasts and what side of my head it's on and, right. um, and what I think may have been the causes and then what I'm doing to correct it. And it's just been interesting using the app over these last couple of years where it used to be that I'd put in what medication I took and now the medication I, I entered in there, I had to do a custom field for starve and sink. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that's great. We need to talk to the developers to put in <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> to put that in there and, yeah. and do you do anything in particular to track the good days i guess i don't actually track them because i'm sort of doing the same thing over and over they're habituated and, now yeah i think yeah. so I, I do think in the past i was more looking at that and and sort of i would say what worked after the beast slayer academy i was more attuned to right what works and what doesn't work right and now it's kind of um, become a natural yeah oh. i think prior though to joining migrant neverland and all that i i probably was more on the negative side of it and only mm -hmm. looking for what caused it and what what did i do wrong and yeah you know, what was the trigger and now i like definitely love the focus on the positive with you know what's working and just keep doing that yeah absolutely well this has been great if you were talking to anybody who's contemplating down the, going down this road and is maybe a little bit apprehensive or overwhelmed by the idea of giving up sugar or going gluten-free or anything like that, is there anything you would tell them? I would say just give it a try. There's no harm in trying and just commit maybe 30 days and just see if you make these changes for 30 days, which isn't asking a lot, to see if you notice a difference. 
and to get involved in the group and, and on, on Facebook and get that support because then you can see how it's working for other people. And it just kind of, yeah, just dive in. It doesn't, it's one of those things when I tell it to friends and coworkers who also have migraines, they'll say, oh, that just sounds crazy. I can't imagine doing that. I can't imagine giving up my X, Y, and Z. Right. And I'm like, well, but just try it because after a while you realize when you try these things and they work and you don't have those cruddy days, how wonderful that is. And it's totally worth doing it. And besides, you'll start feeling better anyway and just feeling healthier and more alert and sleep better. It's just, you know, the whole package is, is a great thing. Yep. That's great advice. Experiencing results is that's the most powerful motivator of all, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say too, the other thing that I did start doing my New Year's resolution this year was to start meditating every day. Yeah. Mindfulness and stress and all that has kind of been what I really need to work on the most now. So I thought meditation would be great to really dive into that. And so I started meditating every evening. And now a friend of mine pointed out a second meditation app. Uh -huh. that, that her daughter really likes. So I thought, well, maybe I'll try that in the morning. So now I'm actually going twice a day. And I, you know, I have to think that that plus doubling down on the food has really been the secret to this 17 days of absolutely no sign of any headache. And I tell you what, this last two weeks, I worked 70 hours last week, I worked 60 hours the week before. And I'm, I'm testifying about every other day in front of legislative committees, which is very stressful. So yeah. I think that's just a testimony to, you know, mindfulness and eating well and staying on the whole plan of, you know, exercising and taking care of yourself and sleeping well, just the whole package really works. Yeah, we can't always eliminate those situations that may be stressful, but we can mitigate their impact by the ways we can sort of control the mind. And I would bet that that's probably a big factor right now for you. So that's great. And it always also is you've habituated a lot of the diet and lifestyle pieces, but you're not done, right? You still consider this a work in progress. Oh, it's, it's absolutely a work in progress. And I think my story about the holidays is totally, uh, you know, exemplifies that, that it's right. just, you're going to try things on occasion, you know, you have to try new things and see what works and what doesn't work. And, yeah. and I've learned that, you know, some of those slightly off plan foods, I just, I'm not ready for yet. And maybe in phase four, I could get back to those. Mm -hmm. Right now I took chocolate out of the diet. I used to be able to do some 90%. But I'm just, I'm doing absolutely no sugar at all. And I miss the chocolate a little, but I also know that I've got other things that I totally enjoy eating. So I'll just down the road when I'm really fully out of rebound and, and fully in that fourth phase, then I, you know, can try new things, but, you know, be willing to try new things, but also just kind of know the signs of when you need to dial it back a little and, and uh, maybe fast a little and drink some salt water. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All these things you probably would have been like, what is she saying five years ago, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Well, I think that's a good place to end things. So first of all, I'm super excited about the success that you've already had. And uh, I can tell that there are still great things to come, like you say, and like we talked about, this is, this is a process. It doesn't end. It's just about sort of figuring out what the next step is and finding the next piece to tackle. And it's still an ongoing process for me, but it's fun because it, it, the rewards continue to accumulate. Yeah, and, it um, is. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah, I'm, and I'm just so thankful for all that you guys do to support this and, and putting information out for everybody and, and doing these these challenges that you're having coming this next year, for example, and, and the Beast Slayer Academy, it's just all such great material. I have to tell you, I, I go over your podcasts when I'm doing, and I'll listen to them repeated times, especially if I am starting to feel like I'm not feeling well. Right. I'll just encourage myself by listening to a podcast. And so I, I listen to them while I'm gardening or cooking or cleaning or oh, that's you know, great. doing all those things. So I just encourage people to, to just, you know, that's a great support. Yeah, I really appreciate it. 
hearing these stories and the people in our community, I mean, it's for us, it's like hugely motivating to keep doing this. So we really appreciate that. And that's great to hear that, that you find the uh, podcast motivating, inspiring. So yeah. we'll certainly keep putting it out there. And we, it's just like, this doesn't get old hearing things like this. And just, it's just so cool that we can connect with really just information over, you know, with ones and zeros and, and it changes people's lives and it's really cool. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to share your story here. I'm certain that you will have helped a lot of people by doing so. And, and well, like I, said, uh-huh. I hope so. So many, so many people before me have helped me and I just want to pay it back. So I appreciate that. I appreciate all you're doing and, and I appreciate the opportunity to share my story. You bet. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. Okay, well, thanks again to Anne for taking the time to share her story with us. As I said in that interview, these stories just don't get old. Uh, And not only are they inspiring, but they're always filled with so much wisdom. As you heard in that interview, one of the many things Anne deployed uh, in her transformation was the starve and sink strategy. Uh, And like she says, the idea of fasting and exercising during a migraine would have seemed crazy to her in the past, uh, as it would have to me, as I mentioned in the prior episodes. And again, that's why ditching the myth of hunger headaches is so important and why I spent two episodes talking about that specifically. And uh, as she mentioned, her, her own perspective flipped so much that she began to crave exercise if she felt the beast coming on. She also describes deciding to finally go quote, all in with the plan, and she absolutely did, using really every available resource at her disposal. So not just consuming the information that we provide, but taking action on it, uh, which is really the hardest part. And like so many others, now that she's been able to experience what's possible with these changes in her diet and lifestyle, she plans to keep going and never stop because the results speak for themselves. And this is something we've seen time and again, that once you appreciate the impact that these changes can make, you realize that it has the power to improve all aspects of your health and well-being, and so you just don't want to stop. And that certainly has been the case for me as well. All right, well, that concludes this episode of The Miracle Moment. I will talk to you again soon in the next episode. Now it's time to go out and slay the beast. (laughs) 